Happy Friday morning, everyone, and welcome to the TDR Trade to Black podcast. I'm your host, Shad Dales, 11 a.m. Eastern time. It's like we're doing brunch here at TDR this morning. Listen, we just got out of a podcast we're actually going to be posting later on our YouTube channel this afternoon with David Klein, CEO of Canopy Growth, their latest earnings, really in-depth conversation. We're going to top line some of those topics that we discuss in today's podcast as well. MSOs, the dominant ETF in the space. It's great, right? Well, there's other ETFs that are closing. Why is this happening? Well, we'll find that out. And as well, the key part of this podcast here today, I've been emphasizing on this a lot in the last couple of weeks, TDR, Head of Research, Bill McNarland, he joins us. We're going to walk you through all the equity research reports, how we're crafting this together, giving back to you so you can have access to all this information. So again, subscribe to our Baked In daily newsletter that gives you all that information. So let's get right to the podcast here today and welcome in, as usual, TDR co-host Anthony Varel. Good to see you. I think I've been pronouncing your last name wrong. It's in Varel forever, but it's Anthony Varel. That's correct. It's, uh, it is what it is. Didn't think it was a point of, uh, calling it out, but yeah, it was good. We got the day started with David. Um, I thought that was a solid interview. I mean, canopy, obviously there's just still a loss on the books, but margin improvement, some other things we'll jump into. Um, and it looks like it's the inflection point of the business where they're going to be entering the United States here shortly. Yeah. Aside from that, it's Friday. So yeah. another, yeah. uh, another good event filled week. We had hat gate, lawyer gate, tons of different gates. It's uh, Matt Gates. We'll just throw everything out there. It's, uh, we'll see how, let's see how the day ends. Good point. A uh, couple of questions regarding CGC already. We'll get to that, but let's welcome in drum roll. TDR, Trade to Black co-host Guap. We've promoted him the whole show. And this Speaking could actually turn into more. Just busted through one, boys. Excellent. <laughs> this could turn into more than just Fridays because of the feedback that we've received. But chemistry has been key. But good to see you. How was your week? And uh, great to have you part of the Trade of Black team. Yes, I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm going to try and bring a more serious side to the guap. The glasses are off. The kid gloves are off. Um, the seriousness is only leaked through in previous segments. But I'm still going to get a little silly with it at the end. Hey, that's okay. But I think, you know, for our audience really to understand you a lot more, like, look, you've got a great following. You've covered this space for a long time. Great following on Twitter, as I said. Um, but all in a nutshell, like, how long have you been following this cannabis space, Guap? I've been in cannabis since I was born in utero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my mom told me that she said, you know, I, I asked her, I was like, hey, how'd you take raising a couple crazy wild and crazy boys and she's like you know how the bathroom always smelled weird <laughs> um so it's it's been it's in my blood um and uh i just i i can't wait for access to uh come across the whole world yeah. so I've got that long yeah. view yeah from an investment standpoint avid investor for a number of years too correct yes and and in the marketing space for 420 years um, so I'm, I'm excited to, uh, bring a different perspective. I think that's what this show is all about. Henry Lopez wrote, he's been in it for a plethora of years. Can't forget the that. The plethora is sticking. Three, three <laughs> amigos references will always get a, a giggle from me. So keep it up guys. Watch Good it again. Stuff. It's a great one. All right, let's get into it. Segment number one, Into the Wire, highlighting the biggest headlines in the cannabis space. And we begin with Canopy Earnings. Uh, we had a good talk this morning, Anthony, with CEO David Klein, who really communicated to us that the latest earnings signals a path. 
in the right direction based on the amount of changes that this company has made over the last six months. And that's putting it mildly. So um, when we look at all this restructuring, do you think these numbers really put this company in the right path uh, moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's going to be very, it's going to be imperative not to get ahead of ourselves. Like they still yep. had a loss for the quarter. Um, they still had a loss overall. Their margins improved. Their business units improved fundamentally quarter over quarter and year over year. This earnings report was again a function of David and the team right-sizing the business. Yeah. This earnings report also showed the inflection point to where canopy growth is going to solidify CUSA or Canopy USA via a proxy statement as well as a shareholder vote. And that is going to become a major part of the story here, finally. That being Jawana Brands, Jetty Extracts, Acreage Holdings. Those are two powerful brands. That's an MSO with several uh, with leverage to several key markets, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, um, just to name a few. I can go through all the numbers again, but we already did that with David. The video will be premiering at four o'clock. And I mean, we've been getting a lot of questions and I kind of just want to say this so people understand. We get a lot of questions about David's compensation. That's none of my business. I don't think it's any of your business. David has a board. David is awarded compensation based that's commensurate with his experience okay. and the value they see in him. We're never going to talk about his compensation aside, no. from, aside from my comment right now on this live stream, on the interviews. That's that. I, I draw a very strong line there. I don't, I think people get paid what they're worth and for canopy growth, that is what David is worth. Like we get pelted with that though. Aside yeah. from that, it was a great conversation. He gave a lot of insight. They did still give guidance as per exiting fiscal year 2024. They expect all the business units to be in the positive adjusted EBITDA range. So yeah. that's even more growth on the horizon. And I mean, I think that this is a name that's turning. If you don't yeah. like it, you don't have to follow the stock. I mean, they get a lot of hate on Twitter. They get a lot of negative sentiment. There are a ton of other names to follow in the space. Yeah. If you don't believe in CUSA, if you don't believe in Canopy International, if you don't believe in the story, the great thing is, is you don't have to. This is a pretty big sector, um, all things considered. And I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say in regards to their earnings. Like I said, videos dropping at four. It was a great conversation. We're going to follow up this conversation next week with another episode where we're going to dive into the balance sheet, the cash position, the recent and future potential financings and get a bit and really dive into the questions that you want to hear and that we're actually getting out on Twitter. So, I mean, that's that's the gist of it as far as Canopy goes today. Well said. You ate your Wheaties this morning, but you couldn't have said it any better. And I see you nodding your head over there, Guap, in a lot of agreement. Do you agree with a lot of the things that Anthony just said? I just think Anthony's doing a heck of a job covering this one, and I'm, I'm excited for the interview coming up. I mean, my question with all of these LPs is, you know, cash is king. What are they going to do with it when they can? Right? Yeah. And that's, it, you know, uh, in Biggie's tech, 10 Crack Commandments, number two is ne- never tell them your next move. I think there being uh, some companies are more quiet about their next move than others. Yeah. Um, and Canopy is another one of those. Let's let's see what happens. Let's yeah. see it. But don't don't count anybody out. It's anyone's game. Yeah. 
It's a good point. Well, I think one of the things that we did discuss is we, uh, everybody knows this, the Canadian market and how it got off to unrealistic expectations. And it was a slow bleed knowing that legislation didn't move in the U.S. But we've had a couple comments. Would love to hear a better understanding of Canopy's plan. Canopy USA writes Warren Bazinet. But we did touch on that a little bit, Anthony. And I think there are some telling things that he did indicate timeline-wise with regards to voting and what uh, how that'll all operate, but we'll get more into detail. But what were some of the things if you want to like maybe uh, <clears throat> tease our audience for the uh, interview today at four o'clock that he hinted on in our conversation this morning? It was the it was for this is for the first time in 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 Canopy's history that CUSA or Canopy USA is very real. Um, the, the 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 structuring that needs to take place and the proxy vote and all of the ducks that they need to get in a row to get Canopy USA. Firmly on firm footing, affiliated with the business is here. Yeah. Um, on the backside of this vote, that's that 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 that's imminent. Um, that's what people have been waiting for. That's what my main interest has been in Canopy. Um, is I think that they can be a formidable player in the U.S. space. They have the strategic investment from Constellation. That human capital and that influence and that understanding of the U.S. business as it relates to distribution and as it relates to CPG with their alcohol expertise will be yeah. invaluable. Once yeah. Canopy gets into the States. Yeah. Like I said, it was an informative interview. I enjoyed the conversation and we're now going to tackle the hard stuff in this, in episode two. Yeah. This is the TDR trade of black podcast segment one into the wire. I'm your host Shad Dales with the man guap joining us TDR co-host along with Anthony Verrill. Um, don't forget as well. We're going to have William uh, McDarland. I should say Bill McDarland, a head of research at TDR coming up in just a moment to talk in depth about the approach that we're taking with their equity research reports that gives back to you the investor and not the institutional banks. Uh, one last thing about Canopy. Uh, that's going to be a separate entity, Canopy USA from Canopy Growth, correct? Yes. Yes, it will yes. be. Okay. Yes, it will be. So, However, moving forward, the one thing David did say that was interesting is there will be insights into the numbers um, as they will have to report those numbers due to the structure that this will um, that, that, that this will set and the precedent that this will set on a go forward basis. They're not going to be consolidated numbers as they can't consolidate them right now um, due to regulatory hurdles, but yeah. the numbers will be will, will be included in Canopy's um, statements moving forward. When that day does happen, Guap, does Canopy USA become a major player overnight in the U.S. market? I I couldn't tell you one way or another. I'm I'm excited. Anytime a company is making moves to get in the U.S., stay on the Nasdaq. Yeah. Yeah. And and doing some interesting things. That's uh, a good point. That's a good point. You know, with with the structuring of the business, like they are, I'm I'm watching that. I I you know, Cron sitting on a pile of cash. Like, who knows where the money's going to flow to? But let's look at these companies that do have some and are are doing some creative things with the business structure. Yeah. Good point. All right. Four, yeah. Four o'clock Eastern time. A David Klein. That will be a premiere on our YouTube channel. Let's go to. Uh, Seg or I should say headline number two here and into the wire as we talk about ETFs closing. Um, many are shutting down. When we look back at the Poseidon Dynamic Cannabis ETF, which launched back in 2021, they announced the closing back in August of last year. And now the latest involves Horizons ETF Management, uh, who plans to close the Horizons Marijuana Index ETF on March 28th. So, Guap, you follow this space closely from an investment standpoint. Why have all these ETFs failed in the industry while MSOs has completely dominated? Right. Um, so, yeah. So HMUS, 
THCX just announced their closing, POTX uh, also. Um, so, you know, I, I can't, I, I don't want to list out all the dates that they're closing, <laughs> but if you look those up, uh, Jungle Java's posted them and their closing dates and what their holdings are, you can go on, if they're an ETF, they have to report their holdings every single day. You can track exactly, you know, if you have a position in one of these companies, you can reasonably assume that they're winding it down. Um, I know THCX has already started selling off some of their positions. Um, so, um, but the, the question about why has MSOS uh, gotten stronger while these others yeah. have uh, closed up is a good one because you have to look at how much, and, and the advisor shares guys have been really clear about this, um, you know, to break even on an ETF based on even a low fee cost structure, you have to have about 20, maybe more like 30 million assets under management. And um, they were a uh, victim of timing. Uh, Poseidon mm -hmm. as well. Great guys, smart, uh, private investors. They, they're still out there. They weren't just the ETF. That's a little side project for them. Um, th you know, bad timing caught up with everything else. So how, how long do you want to reasonably operate an ETF without making any money on it? Yeah. And uh, you can, you can, Within, I'm sure they have discussions uh, internally about should we keep this going? Should we not? Is Schedule 3 going to make everything turn around? Is it not? But um, a lot of these companies, their uh, ETFs are not their core focus. With MSOS, they they pioneered things with the YOLO ETF, with the uh, total return swaps giving exposure to U.S. names. Before that, you had MJ ETF, you had all these others, and they had to buy stocks that were on the big board. When they did that, that kind of changed the game. They got a lot of good, yeah. powerful people talking about the U.S. narrative. It's why a lot of us are here following the space as closely as we are. Um, so they, they kept engaging that 95% retail audience as well. And it's a simple, smart narrative. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot, there, there's a lot of reasons to think that institutional capital could flow into it. Um, and it's just got that great name recognition. I'm a marketing guy. So when you Good name point. your, when you name your, uh, ticker MSOs and you're invested in MSOs, that sure helps a lot too. You brought up timing too. That's an important one. Like when I brought up Poseidon, like that launched in 2021. Those were not easy times in the space, nor have the last two to three years. But you can understand timing's everything in some cases, right? Yeah. And I, I love mm. their approach to it. They were going to, they could lever up, they could lever down. I was a big believer right from the start. Um, but when you have to take the capital that comes into your fund and invest it immediately, you know, if that's active part management, of yeah, it, it, active management, active management's a big part of it. Um, yeah. The fact that I, it's being it's being managed on a daily basis. Um, it's also a big, a huge deciding factor that Dan, Noah, Mackenzie, they're all on Twitter every day. They're in the trenches with the cannabis community and everybody knows who they are and everyone follows yeah. what they do. Yeah, um, this is a big part, like being in with the retail community goes leaps and bounds. And I mean, it just shows like MSOS is the gold standard for a cannabis ETF. I mean, I own it. Everybody that starts that, that has started reaching out to me now that cannabis is like on the move again, they're like, what should I be buying? I'm like, honestly, this isn't financial advice, but MSOS is going to be pretty easy. If you're going to go buy a basket and try to actively manage the names, like I, I don't agree. I don't, I don't, um, I don't advise that. 
Um, MSOS is the easiest way to get leverage to the sector and it's actively managed. Yeah. Um, and we, and we can do that and we can talk about that. Yeah. Um, but if your uncle or someone with a bit more money asks you, what should I do? You could talk their ear off for four hours or you could just give them a ticker and get out of the way. Correct. Yeah. MSOS. It's easy. Yeah. yeah, good point. I think Jungle Java echoes what you're saying, Anthony. I think the team at Advisors Shares and the fact that they are accessible is the differentiating factor. And that's, like you said, they're entrenched in the cannabis space and the reason why they're well known. And I like that marketing strategy, MSO. Like that's pretty and much- Dan had the, and, and Dan had the vision to go after the swaps to create that structure where he actually, could, uh, he actually could hold the underlyings in the ETF. I mean, the fact that he did that when everyone was like, you're kind of crazy, it's high cost and it's working. Um, I mean, that's that's also a big contributing factor as to why MSOS is still here. And yeah. it's the top of the game. Yeah. One of the greatest names I've heard, I don't know if it's real or not, but Ernest Cashmore writes, the guy in the middle's beard is stellar. There you go. So you're off hey, to a roaring start. I appreciate it. It's got a lot more gray than uh, when I started following the cannabis space, though, I'll tell you. <laughs> I think you and I can both agree to that. Yes. Um, all right. Don't forget, like, 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 like this video, everybody. We appreciate it as well. If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We want to grow this community as we start to build momentum within the space. And most importantly, we would not be here without you. So leave comments. Love to engage with you. Ask any questions, any feedback. Like I said, like, subscribe, leave comments. Comb that beard looking sharp as usual. All right, TDR, Trade of Black Podcast. This is Into the Wire, headlining all the biggest headlines in cannabis here today. Headline number three, Congressman Ed Blumenauer. He is leaning on the DEA. So news from Washington involving, involving Congressman Blumenauer, who this week was demanding answers from the DEA regarding rescheduling when he asked five specific questions. So... Let's play a little game here, gents. If uh, I'm asking questions and you guys are DEA agents, let's start with question number one and we'll go with DE agent Guap. Here we go. Question number one. What is the DEA's plan deadline to publish its draft rule on the scheduling of marijuana for public comment? What is your response? No response. No comment. Sorry, Bloomy. <laughs> All right, DE agent Anthony, question number two. What is the standard timeline for the DEA's drug scheduling reviews? I honestly would respond with we're gonna do it whenever we whenever we get the whenever we get the go the green light from Joe Biden, to be honest, because I think that this is I think I firmly believe this is all said and done. Um, this is sitting on a desk within the DEA, and they're just they're going to do it when they're damn well please. Yeah, this um, is role playing, then, no comment. Uh, no comment. All right. DE agent Guap, back to you. On what date did the DEA begin its review following receipt of the HHS's findings and recommendation on marijuana scheduling? Are we getting another no comment? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> okay. A <little> bit different. <laughs> All right. Question number four. How is the DEA ensuring the agency's review incorporates the status of marijuana under state laws and regulations in its scheduling decision? Anthony, care to tackle that one? Exactly. And then, one more papers up. Yeah. 
I mean, question number five. number five, I think we uh, understand the trend that's going on here. A lot of questions are being asked, but you guys are anticipating not a lot of response and dialogue that's going to be provided in return. There, there we, are. We need, we need the fifth one. What was the fifth question? Yeah, please ask me. All right. Fifth and final question. How will the DEA proactively communicate developments and receive feedback from congressional partners as the review proceeds? That's a question for both DEA agents. We'll go there are there are only five or there are only so many amendments I can choose from, but I want to choose just one. I plead the fifth. Fifth. <laughs> it's very important. One, two, five. three, four, five. Fifth. fifth. All right. Very Anthony, important. you agree with that? The reality, the reality Good is fifth. here that Blumenhauer is scoring political points. Uh, yeah. By asking the questions that we are all asking, when is the decision going to happen? When we damn well please is the answer yeah. for real. Um, and so, but he's on the record as pressuring the DEA for the right questions and answers. Um, yeah. Just when, you know, same as when a bunch of congressmen get together and demand descheduling when the DEA can't even do that. <laughs> uh, right. They're scoring points yeah. uh, with us. Right. My head started uh, to spin. Anthony's yeah. like, go Lizzie Warren. Right. Yeah. Right. You know? my, right. My, my, my head started to spin this week when people started to talk about safe banking again. They're like, this is being they're like, this is a function of uh, of not having safe banking. It's like, let's get real. You've got one hundred and two sponsors as per this week. Hundred and two. Chuck still will not bring it to a vote like it, yeah. it, it, it's great. There's a lot of like we've said. And I mean, we can beat this till the cows come home. This is now a show me story. There's yep. no more talking. There's no more nice to haves. There's no more, hey, we're going to do this. You've got the chance to do this. So do it. Yep. Otherwise, no one is taking you seriously. Yeah. Whether it's Great. safe, whether it's S3, whether it's descheduling, which I think is a huge pie in the sky, just not non-starter. It, it can't even happen the way that people are trying to get it to happen. Not Unless right. you've got Garland and Biden with some sort of loophole to where they can just executive order it, which I'd love for that to happen. But I don't think we live in that world. Um, this is just political posturing. Those were all yeah. like Captain Obvious questions. Yeah. From uh, from from Blumenau. Yeah. Uh, Ernest Cashmore writes again. Can we get Guap branded sunglasses uh, on the TDR website? Um mm -hmm. It's actually I, a great everyone's idea. Everyone's rocking those Apple goggles. I got Google Glass right here. I mean, yeah, I was gonna do. I've got an Oculus headset. I was gonna just put it on for one of the episodes. All right, it's, uh, I've got it right here. I'm gonna put it on later. Believe me. Uh, one of our viewers writes: the DEA announcement will come immediately after Germany's legalization. Uh, so I, don't, I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't. I don't hate that thesis. Yeah. Um, I, I prefer theses that of that of some edu educated statement to them. I think that's a well-educated sound statement. Yeah. RFK Jr. says he'll legalize cannabis <laughs> if elected. Henry Lopez. Yes. Heard that a few times. Paisley. I don't know if you just logged on, but we touched on this. Yes. David Klein is coming on. He came on this morning. We are posting that video at four o'clock. So make sure to come back to our YouTube channel as Anthony and I had a good discussion based on earnings with the CEO of Canopy Growth, David klein uh all right gents that wraps up segment one into the wire here at the tdr trade of black podcast again like subscribe share this video with your network because we appreciate it as we build out this community knowing that rescheduling is on the horizon 
And we want to be the go-to community in the cannabis space globally. So um, let's now switch now to segment number two, which I think is going to be probably the highlight of today's podcast, an important one. Let's bring in the head of research from TDR, Bill McNarland. Good to see you. First time on the podcast. We've been speaking very highly of you for quite some time. And finally, a face to the name. How are you, sir? Oh, you're on mute there, Bill, I think. It's all good. Can we Great to now? be here. Excited. All right. Good know. to see you. Um, this is an important part because I think it's extremely important, I think, for uh, our viewers to understand this. Like, when it comes to research in the past, this has definitely been tailored specifically for institutions, uh, clients, you know, that have accounts with uh, brokerage firms. And a lot of it has been allocated and focused on the banks. But when we look at what we're creating here, this is for the everyday investor, for help people to understand about the entire industry, about the companies that we're basically researching on. So um, we want to dive into some of the KPIs and strategy that you're doing. But the first things first I wanted to ask is let's find out a little bit so our viewers have a better understanding as to who you are and what your background is. Yeah, sure. I'm a chartered financial analyst. I've been one for 25 years. I've worked in all areas of research. I've been on the buy side, sell side, subscribed, independent. And we'll explain in the future episodes what what, what that means. Uh, also, I've covered public and private uh, companies and debt. Uh, but where I'm really passionate about is where research meets technology with okay. research tech. And uh, education's always been a big thing for me. I've completed nine... Uh, degrees and designations. I taught at the University of Toronto and I'm currently still going. I'm doing my uh, master's in psychology. Amazing. When you say research and technology, do you care to elaborate off of that and like why that's important for people to understand? I'll give you a, a simple example. Okay. Research is big data. Yeah. Okay. okay. So Small caps right now, there's 20,000 small caps in the world. That's a huge number. It never used to be like that. They all have huge amount of financial information. Yeah. How do you get all that data into a form that you can use and make decisions on? And that, that's a function of data science. That has improved tremendously over the last five, six years. AI, we don't talk about that in research yet. That's not yeah. doing anything. Yeah. Data science, the progress has been unbelievable. And in, in if you're if you want to conquer this business, that has to be one of your number one focuses, watching that development. You think that's being executed at all right now in the cannabis space, or do you think that's lacking? I don't think I I I I I don't believe it is. And I see an opportunity here to execute on it. And I believe that's why there's some issues with, with research right now that we'll identify yeah. in small caps in general. And that's part of the solution. A big part is data science and technology. Yeah. Well, how does it. the cannabis space? How does the cannabis space fundamentally stack up to uh, to some of the industries that you've covered in the past? You know, it's it's exactly the same for the problem of research. And, and I I wanted to come on the show with accurate numbers, so yeah. I can tell you today that forty seven percent of companies in cannabis that we cover do not have a single analyst in the industry. It's around forty eight for small cap in general. Okay. It's, you, we can just say 50%. Yeah. Wow. Well, we've had those conversations, yeah, Anthony. Like when I remember speaking to Boris Jordan back in December, he's saying, look, we're not even covering this space right now. And he's speaking to a number of analysts from New York. But um, that, that, so as much as 47%, almost half percent of 
the industry is not being covered right now, you said, right, Bill? Yeah, so my estimate is that there's 10,000 small cap companies, which are defined at having a market cap between 200 million and 2 billion that do not have a single research analyst. I'm not talking micro caps. Micro yeah, caps yeah. don't have research. I'm talking small caps. These are big companies with revenue doing business globally. Nobody's following them. It's good to ask why. Yeah, that's for sure. So this is more like just beyond cannabis. This is a small cap issue globally. So, so why is that? No, actually, since you brought that up, I mean, why, know, why is there that, just, that dislocation? You know, there's always research coverage when there's investment banking business. So initially, yeah. when cannabis companies or other small cap companies came out, there was coverage to attract current investment banking revenue to make up for the past uh, revenue. But if you're a successful small cap company and there's no chance that you're maybe you're buying back shares and you're not issuing debt, you're doing well, you don't need an investment bank. So naturally, there's not a reason to allocate resources toward research. Right. So then this this becomes dependent on the everyday investor consuming eight, nine, 10 hours of content on their phone, which then begs the question, are the decisions and research that they're making inaccurate ones? So. You know, I think as we start to unfold and explain this a little bit more, you can see the opportunity based on the level of interest within this space, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so we looked at declining coverage. Uh, in addition to that, you were also touching on is there uh, outdated analysis? Do you want to maybe uh, emphasize yeah, on that a little bit? So, so, so <laughs> th there was there's three uh, segments of coverage in the cannabis industry. So first of all, half the companies have none. And then there's some big names, three or four big names that have a lot of analysts. And then there's the group, let's call it 45% of the companies. They have one, two, or three analysts. Um, a lot of that research currently is dated. dated. So if I go on a service provider to get information, like a Bloomberg or a Standard & Poor's, and I yep. look up about a small cap company and I see, oh, they have two analysts, I'll notice a lot of time those analysts have not made a recommendation uh, updated recommendation in two years, and some of them aren't submitting estimates anymore. So yes, they have coverage, yeah. but it's dated. Mm -hmm. That's another big issue. Yeah. Um, which bolds well. I know the conversations that we had with uh, some reputable companies from New York yesterday, but we were looking at the back end and you're right. Like there was a lot of dated information. And to your point, when we actually started using some examples with tier two and tier three uh, companies, there's really no information. And do you not see that vastly changing as far as interest level amongst, well, it's already here as amongst in, in, uh, retail investors in this space, should we see rescheduling, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, in addition to outdated analysis, you want to touch on maybe some of the stuff too, as far as like light detail, I guess in some ways you've already touched on that, yeah, but yeah, but, uh, but let's go, let's go into detail. What does that light detail actually mean? So if I want to go find out about Google or Amazon and, and I go on Bloomberg or standard and pours, and I look at a, uh, the estimates of a research analyst, I'm going to find out that they're estimating 20, 25 things about the company. They're, they're going to say, you know what? I think they're, account payables are going to get better by 3% over the next three months. Um, if you look at a company like Tilray, they, they currently have 16 analysts covering them. And if you go on Bloomberg, you're going to find a bunch or other service providers, a bunch of detailed estimates. But yeah. when you start coming down to the 
smaller tier, the 45% of companies that have yeah. one, two, or three analysts covering, there's not detailed estimates going in. They're estimating revenue, earnings per share, EBITDA. They're not going farther. Yeah, so if you want to start to make decisions about, oh, I noticed this company um, has uh, a change in uh, their payables. What direction is that going? Is that a good sign? If that's a bad sign, no one's estimating those types of things. So yeah. I would call that light detail. One of the best things that, or one of the most refreshing things I think have taken part of our conversation since you started was there's no sell ratings in cannabis. What for the most part, why do you think that is? And I mean, how does, how do you see that incorporating into our research with TDR well, moving forward? Yeah. So, so globally, if you look at every single uh, research in, in the world, 6% of ratings are sell. Okay. So it just doesn't make you popular. Yeah. But do you want to be popular or do you want to be credible? And, and that's, you know, our decision. We want to be credible. So, so first of all, you know, the, the percentage, there's not going to be a hard cap because some industries like are, are beat down and some are overvalued. So in cannabis right now, yeah. everything's cheap. Yeah. So you're not going to have as many cells as if in an industry that's something like AI that's doing really well and valuations are stretched. But naturally, everything can't be a buy. A certain yeah. percentage in your stack, when you compare it to other companies, naturally has to be a sell. And we're committed to that process. Quality research has to have sells. Pay for play has been like this from day one when it comes to all sorts of content, when it comes to obviously uh, research in some ways. But, you know, I think when you brought up like, you know, there's no information for some of the tier two companies, um, but examples of companies that we want to dive into, like Merrimed, for example. Um, what are other companies that you think, Bill, or even Anthony, that we could uh, highlight? Like Jushi would be another, the cannabis. Is there any other companies that you guys like come to mind when it comes to research? Terrasen, Verano, Jushi, Truly, SNDL, Aurora, Marymed, Canopy. Um, I mean, Bill's got the index of what is it, 43 or 47? 43. Companies? Yeah, we covered 43, 43 names. 43 names in the comp table. So, I mean, we'll run the gamut um, with, with trying to give everybody the best insights that we can into those names, whether they're positive or whether they're negative. Um, like Bill said, the, the object here is going to be objectivity, and that's yeah. going to be paramount to, uh, to what we do moving forward. And another good thing is frequent updates, right, Bill? Yep. Every quarter, you have to be updating this information. You have to be making new decisions based on it. And 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 the problem is this is a lot of work, but we're we're making improvements through technology that we can get uh, more work done and and come out with a a, a real changing yeah. uh, quality uh, leading type research because we're correlating that with increases in quality of uh, data science. So last thing I'll ask you, what would you say, I guess, is your strategy formula as like your approach and your research that you're doing outside of what you mentioned is like being tech savvy, but what would you say our research reports, the approach that we're taking uh, that's different so that let's say than some of the current stuff that's being executed in the space? Well, I think I'll just say going forward, what, what my goals are when, when you're doing research is you want to always be improving. Yep. So you want to look and you want to have the absolute best that you can do, but also you want to pay attention to changes in technology, and also you want to improve your process continually. Never stop that. You want to look back at your past work six months ago and cringe a little bit, always. Yeah. Yeah. And if you continue to do that, 
um, you, you are going to have the best in class research. I can't comment if that's the goals and objectives of others people's, but that's mine. And you combine that with keeping your credibility by making sure that you have some cells, but also keeping all the information in the reports. If you're reading a buy report of a company, you want to see how that company stacks against everyone else. You want to keep the credibility front yep. and center. Yeah. Uh, you want to find out this information again, log on to the dalesreport.com, subscribe to the baked in newsletter, our daily newsletter reports. And every Thursday we're unveiling our latest research reports from the professor, Bill McNarland, head of research here at TDR. We'll check back in with you next, probably Wednesday or Friday, but I think we're going to make this a weekly segment as we learn a lot about the space, because I think a lot of retail investors, yes, they want to want to know when the smart money, institutional money starts to come in. But right now, you got to really understand behind the scenes as to what's going on. And this really sheds a lot of light as to how much there really isn't, even though people think there could be institutions coming in where that information is going to come from. Right. All right, guys. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, Bill, right, thanks, thanks next for week. having me. Yeah. yeah appreciate it. Um, job. Smart guy to say the least. That's um, yeah, great. It's great well, to have that weapon in our holster. Isn't it? But I think if anything, and I'm not trying to promote, obviously, our company and get people to subscribe. Yes, I want people to do that. But most importantly is that we're giving back information that I think is like extremely needed in this space. But <clears throat> some of the dashboards, again, like we saw, it was pretty telling as yeah. to how much this industry is not covered and not really taken serious by a lot of people on Wall Street. But uh guap you fell off when we brought on bill and mitch is he coming back up or no guap's down there and oh, there he he's is. back oh there we go me changing costumes um yeah i just love bill's perspective i mean he's bringing analyst level data to the masses how can we get mad at that yeah and what i like about him being a teacher i find the way he breaks everything down and explains it's actually simplified for the everyday investor because I've seen some research reports that get to be pretty overwhelming for someone that's followed the space for close to 10 years. But oh, yeah. anyways, that concludes research segment number two. And now it's time for segment number three. Mitch, cue the music. It's time for everybody's favorite Friday segment, Mic Drop with Guap. Um, hey, Google, can you find some gas near me? <laughs> Sour diesel, please. Yep. 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 All right. Noah from uh, Advisor Shares, he writes and uh, asks, is the uh, guap segment over? Mitch, we need that Friday music, brother. I, I need to Just get in the mood. Done. Can you bring that up? But uh, it is time for our favorite segment of the week. There it is. I need Dub Reggae to play me in. Greetings, Earthling. Yes. Friday afternoons, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Drops with Guap. Greetings, Earthlings. Fun, fud, and front page time. But first, special shout outs to Jungle Java tirelessly putting out press releases and documenting the MSOS inflows day in, day out, by hand, for years. We chatted with her about real-life stuff offline. She's the sweetest person. She, she she sends Christmas cookies to people unannounced, for God's sake. Does she really? Um, yeah. She's, That's amazing. She's my spirit animal. 
And now she's got a, a spirit animal in Winston. It's why all the prices are going up. Let's be honest. Uh, we need a hundred more Jungle Java gains in this world. We do. We do. We do. Jungle Java, shout out to you. Hey, we should get her on the podcast too. All right, sure. it's time for the fun, the fud, and the front. The fun, the fud, and the front page. What do you got for this week's segment? Yeah. So for some fun, um, it's a. Uh, it's funny for as a marketing guy i love this story because this was a unintentional <laughs> viral marketing campaign uh, um you can see this guy tweeted out and this is for real this was uh this is a real guy if you look at his other tweets this is not some paid viral campaign this just happened to happen it's great cannabis is a silent epidemic wreaking havoc on the american family he writes a friend bought some of these over and I drank two around at 8 p.m. We're going to show the can here in a minute. My body completely shut down and I slept from 9 p.m. till 10 a.m. I slept through Sunday mass. How is this legal with such innocent packaging? So let's show the can that he posted. Let me see. Um, CBD. He has, yeah, he has a small point, which is uh, it's not it doesn't have some, you know, and we could have a packaging discussion some other time, but that's not what we're here for. Um, he drank 10 milligrams of CBD and had a great night's sleep. <laughs> he's, like, yeah. he's like, and he's mad about it. Um, this is amazing because when the company has a chance to respond, right, they have one shot at this and they, they nailed it. So we're going to bring that up next. Um, the company named Recess said, this dude accidentally proved we're worth every dollar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he had uh, some, they, they pulled some quotes out, including the guy got home, he got the best sleep of his life, and he's upset about it. Correct. Where is um, this company recess located out of? Because I smell sponsorship opportunities. Uh, they're in, they're all over Miami. Um, I've seen them in a couple of uh, restaurants and cafes that just have like grab, grab as you go drinks. All right. Um, and, they're, and they're there. Contact these bring guys me. after. We need to sponsor this segment. Go ahead. And then the, uh, yeah, let's bring up the next one. Uh, you know, then, you know, you've got a good viral campaign when people are sort of doing their own takes on it, which is, I think this was like, a uh, the equivalent of a suicide note from this guy. Um, he drank two of these. Now he's up to 30 milligrams of CBD and he, he must've slept for 12 hours. Clearly his endocannabinoid system, uh, heard the CBD loud and clear and, and shut the system down for a hard reset. Yeah. Well, Marketing at its best, like you said. Love it. All right. Um, next up, what do you got, brother? Oh, funny time. Uh, I love it because uh, Sam posted a poll. Um, if marijuana was legalized federally, <laughs> do you think there's a risk marijuana corporations might try to make it more addictive for profit? So they're trying to draw parallels now. You can see they're getting really worked up. <sighs> about drawing parallels between the cannabis and the tobacco industry. Um, I don't want to even dissect that one, but they they put up a poll. And uh, as you can see, it was pretty popular and uh, they did not get the results they wanted. No, I can see that. I, I, I just I, I got to ask, what the hell did they think this was going to achieve? What, what, what? Just because it's going legal, someone's going to call up the cannabis companies and say, hey, make that plant more addictive. Like it's. Let's put some nicotine in those vapes, I think is what they're yeah. suggesting. But, I mean, um, it, it's it's insane. It cracks me up because Kevin Sabat, Sabat, whatever the hell you want to call him. I mean, he was in, he had a picture the other day talking uh, some outrageous comment about cannabis. He had a can of Pepsi in his hand and I commented on it. I was like, well, 
I'm going to bet you right now that Pepsi is a larger harm to public safety than the actual, than truly because sugar ravages your body compared to what cannabis does. And this guy's just sitting there overweight with a can of soda in his hand. It's just a great thing to see. The irony is just there. Yeah. Google insulin resistance and, uh, yeah. And keep, keep eating those, uh, Mickey D and, uh, Mickey D big Macs there, buddy. Correct. <laughs> Ship that man some recess. Need to shut him down for 12, 13 hours. Yeah. yeah. Let's get him a case. All right. It, it's, Last, good that our, it, it's good that our, that, that it's good that everybody that's really against us just has really no base because we, uh, yeah. Very good point. I think that they were actually good at trolling. Correct. <laughs> or if they actually had fact-based science that was against us that would help too yeah. yeah which they don't so good luck yeah, you're my favorite punching bag for the fud oh I yeah help. i wish oh, you yeah. blocked me on to the front page what really matters um weird week guys uh so let's see we had a, a, a oddly received hat post from bed kovler we had a link linkedin post move markets yeah like this is wild stuff. Um, Crazy week. But it brought, I, I'd like to make a serious point, even in this getup, about communication strategy. Um, I've been a part of organizations and more on the marketing side, but uh, they work pretty closely with the comms team. Uh, and I, I, I would say, you know, uh, just to quote uh, Biggie Ten Crack Commandments, been in this game for years. It made me an animal. There's rules to this shit, and I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step -step booklet for you not to get your game on track, not your wig pushed back. <laughs> In other words, uh, you know, you might want to consider the goal. Every tweet I put out or any of these companies put out or any of these people who run these companies put out, yeah. if we're going to be looked upon as a space that's investable by institutions, we really do need to have, every one of us needs to have a communication strategy on some level. Yeah. Um, which is consider the goal, consider the target audience and really consider the upside of your comment, which might be a lull or maybe you slam somebody and you feel good for a second. But the downside is all the people who are reading that and publicly and thinking uh, maybe this isn't the, the, the guy we want to invest in um, yeah. when when this when the money flows into the space, you don't think they're going to read all your tweets. Yeah, you know? exactly. So there's some there's there's some very likable people on Twitter who engage well, and that can be part of their communication strategy, right? They don't care if you don't if you hate them, fine. They want you to love them more, and that's their strategy. As long as it's intentional, I'm with it. Yeah. Um, and then there's some really heads down, keep quiet, keep going on the business, and I I like that too. So as long as it's all intentional, uh, I'm with it. Yeah. Well, a lot of growth has to happen in this industry, but right now there is a lot of thin skin people in this space, but that's going to change as more eyeballs get on. A lot of these people that are working with these companies that are following this space, get ready because I know when I worked in mainstream media, I saw the potential up in Canada and how big it was. And the U S is a hundred times the size of what that is. And yeah all eyes will be on this space, but that's why we keep doing what we're doing every single week. 
We want this to be the premier business podcast in the world related also, to cannabis. Go ahead. In good fashion, the advisor shares guys, I think, are actually doing a hat giveaway on, oh. the, Alpha Nooner, on the Alpha Nooner today to close out the week. I hope um, they're green and not red. I think they're uh, they actually they actually look like pretty good they actually look pretty pretty good hats. So if uh, if you wanna if you wanna get in the hat giveaway and then get a GTI hat, I would head over to the Alpha Nooner. That's uh, it's gonna be on ten minutes right after this. Noah, if you're still on, send us three hats. We'll wear them. Yep. See, there's Noah confirmed. There he is. Hat giveaway. Yes, hats. Treat, Alpha Nooner. Treat We're others, you, buddy. Treat others how you want to be treated. Shout out yeah. to the Golden Rule. This sector needs unity. It needs to grow up. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's winter time. Get some sun, get some sunshine guys. This no should be right. fun. Um, to win this week, just post a good joke. What's a good joke? I got some I'm good trying. ones. My, they're, they're pretty bad. Yeah. Choose yeah. light guys. Choose light. Yeah. Not to get preachy, but seriously. Mackenzie dust off that mic. You're going live in nine minutes. Um, Zachary Grubb writes, what the frig is wrong with people and related to your fun fud and front page news i think he was talking about mr uh mr sabbath 420 media agency please cushion rights you definitely should get a woman on the podcast a hundred percent we agree with that jungle java if you're up for it let's get you on She's shy. I mean, and I can only put on so many wigs and hats, guys. So yeah, I was gonna say in 2024 fashion, one of us could identify as a woman for a day. Hey, so, Anthony, uh... see, you're the lightning <laughs> rod. I'm the beacon of light. That's the way it works around here. Yin yin. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> quick reminder, as usual, as we build this community out, I'll say it again. Please like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, leave a comment below and share this video with your network as we look to grow and spread the word in this almighty space. As we build this community, we appreciate it. As usual, log on to the TDR Trade to Black, or should say the dalesreport.com and the baked in newsletter for our daily newsletters, providing you insight in the cannabis, psychedelics, and crypto space. You just got a sneak peek of our lead head research, Bill McNarlin. We're going to be coming out with our latest equity research reports every Thursday. Find out who we brought out yesterday and really, in a lot of ways, benefiting you, the everyday investor, versus the banks. Gents, this has been great. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Should be an interesting game. And we'll check back in with both of you gentlemen on uh, Monday. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bitch, cue up that music, buddy, as we dance out of here on a Friday. This has been the DDR Trade of Black Podcast with Anthony Barrow, Bob, Bill McNarman, I'm Goddamn. Good night. Hey everyone, thanks for watching. And if you want to learn more about the emerging industries that we cover, then leave a comment below and let us know who you want us to interview, the questions you want asked, and the information that you want to learn. We want to hear from you. As usual, click on that bell for all notifications to get the latest information. Share this video with your network. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel because we would not be 